Hello and welcome to Life on Point. My name is Darren Deloach. I am one of the pastors here at Connection Point Church. And with me today is Lee Pastor Chris Vault. And today we are going to talk about something that you would think would be simple, but we've learned over the years <laughs> that most people do not have very good study habits and right. they do not really know how to study the Bible and really not making fun of, if you do not, you'd be amazed how hard it is. This is kind of, you think about it, the Bible in of itself, isn't, it is intimidating. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an ancient yeah. writing to be honest with you. So a lot of us think uh, that it has, that we have to know like Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic and all these fancy, nice uh, ancient languages. And it's just not true. Right. And, uh, and, and if, and to be honest, also, we're not going to dive into like deep theology. We're not going to try to help you at, with this podcast to grow in your theological stances uh, or, or go into hermeneutics or any of the big and nice This one's just some basic study basic helps. Things. And we all need them. I mean, and yep. the basis, what the foundation we lay whenever we uh, pick that up. And you may have been a Christian for 30 years, but just don't have great study habits. And there's no, sure. there's no crime in that. Sometimes we just haven't been told because we're asked quite a bit, where do I start? Yeah. Uh, and how do I start? And so, so, but before we can really get into the tools, you know, the things that we use to help us study the Bible, the basic things we use, we really need to talk first off, uh, why should we why? study the Bible? Yeah. Why I mean, study the Bible? Why, why would we? I mean, the Bible, it's the interesting thing about the Bible, what I've noticed with people, uh, at least in, in when I'm talking to them, almost everybody I know when they pick the thing up, uh, they, they start asking the question, uh, it's, they ask the question like about about themselves. They're like, tell me about me. Explain, who am I? Right? Mm-hmm. They want to know who am I? When really the Bible in and of itself is what? It's a narrative about who? God. God. It's it's not technically about us at all, but we, we want to open it up and learn more about us when when really the essence of the book, the essence of the that collection of writing and text is is for us to know the character of and 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 the and the uh, the power of, of God to for Him to def- tell us He is literally laid out before us mm-hmm. a, uh, a a group of letters of text that that explain to us as best as we can understand mm-hmm. who He is. Yeah, you know when you think about the word theology, yep. and I know uh, some words like that scare people, but theology is simply the study of God. Yep. Right, and so the Bible is our number one resource, man. I mean, creation, Romans one tells us that even creation itself proves us there's a God, but he has given us his word. I love Jesus's words in John 17, 17 in his high priestly prayer, where he's praying over us right before we went to the cross, Jesus prayed and said, sanctify them father by your word. Mm, Yep. Your word is truth. And so the more we get into the scriptures, the more we learn about God the more we learn about the character of God, as you were talking about a moment ago, the yep. power of God, um, the, nature. the nature of God, the yep. purpose and plans that God has, then all of a sudden we start seeing where we fit in. Exactly. In God's plan and then how God relates back to us. So, yeah, I mean, we get into the story, right? We do. But it's not a self-help book. It's not. It's to know about God, grow closer to him and our knowledge to him, and then the benefit is... He'll take that yep. word and make it come alive inside of us. And then we find ourselves in the midst of that. And then Jesus says, this is where I believe Jesus in John 8 is really getting to when he says, the truth will set you free. Yeah. But you got to get to the truth first. 
Exactly. Not your truth. Not your truth. His truth. It's a, it's about a mindset. Yeah. Whenever you open, whenever you start the process of, of, of studying the Bible to go into it, yeah, you will eventually learn a lot about yourself. I mean, sometimes things you didn't want to know. And <laughs> it's, it's, well, that's why Hebrews chapter yes, four. Exactly. I, mean, I know we're quoting scripture here, but that's what because that's the importance that's, of us studying the Bible, yeah. right? Hebrews four. I love this verse. I was reading it earlier today. Uh, Hebrews four twelve for the word of God, it is living, yep. it is powerful, yep. it is sharper than a two edged sword. It pierces and divides yep. uh, the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart and the writer of Hebrew there is actually when he's talking about how it divides and discerns, he's using medical terminology. Mm-hmm. He's talking about like a, a surgeon with a scalpel. That's right. And this is what happens when you and I study the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of God takes the living Word of God. And I think that's something valuable too. People need to understand the Bible is not just some ancient text. That's right. It is living. It is as relevant today and it will be the next generation until Christ returns. You can go into the scriptures and it'll come to life to you. The Holy Spirit will bring it come to life to you. And he begins to divide deep inside your soul. That's right. And like you said, sometimes, sometimes to our correction. Right. Other yes. times to our encouragement, sometimes for direction, sometimes for introspection. But it's going to it's it's going to cut yeah. and it's going to heal. It's going to direct. It does all that. It's the living, powerful Word of God. That's right. Yeah, and and so it's what's fun about the uh, and interesting about the Bible as much as anything. I think a lot of people go into it uh, looking sometimes erroneous. I know guys who've been in this for a while. I know pastors this way, and almost um, there's they're information seeking, mm-hmm. right? And so there there is information there. I'm not saying there's not information there, but it's not about so much about the information is about transformation. Oh, that's right. And so transformation is, if it's not changing your life, it's simply information. I can get information from any book yeah. technically. Right. But, but if it doesn't transform, then really what is it? But that's the power of the Bible. The Bible is, it is information. It's talking about the nature the character and the person of mm. Christ mm. And, and God and the Holy spirit and it explains all these things to us. So it's given us information, but this information that transforms yes. the, the Holy spirit takes that information. Yep. And if we apply it transforms our lives, that's Romans chapter 12, verse two, <laughs> right? Yep. It's, it's what the word of God renews our mind yep. and that brings about transformation, but we got to be in the word for that to happen. Yeah, you got to have diligent study habits because yeah. another thing whenever you're looking at the Bible, whenever people ask us a lot, one of the things that seem to be, get confused quite a bit is perspective. Sure. All right, who wrote it, when it was written, who was written to, to what was the intent of it being written? Those things do apply um, because I'll use an example. I had somebody who came to me and it's about a relationship they were in or wanted to be in. And they were using the promises that God gave Abraham uh, as far as his promise of land and, and making the, and the blessings that he was going to give them from this land that they were going to, mm-hmm. his people, his future people were going to have. And, and the ver- it literally says, I will make you into a great nation. And this is the part they, they use, and I will bless you. Mm-hmm. And they took that promise and tried to apply it to a relationship. Some tells me if we were sitting in a room right now with Abraham and he would, 
try to, you know, talk to us about that day that God gave him that. It had nothing to do with a relationship. Yeah. And so because that wasn't the intent of why it was written. So you just can't just grab things and just say, hey, this applies completely to this subject matter. That's why proper study habits is so <laughs> yes. vital um, because we see this a lot, especially in American Christianity. Yep. We see people take Scripture out of context and you try to make it fit what you want it to say. When you do that, you're trying you're trying to be God, and you're recreating the image of God yep. and taking His Word to fit what you want. You're that's creating not a golden the proper, calf, literally, right there. That's not the way we're to come to Scripture. No, nope. we're to come to Scripture to learn about God and make and apply it to our lives, right in context. Yes, we. It's not a it's not a magic book. We don't. Nope. God's not our genie in the lamp. We, he is God. We're, we're his servants. We surrender to him. He doesn't surrender to us, and we get to take his word and make it say what we want it to. We have to study it correctly. Exactly. And so, and then that opens up the other, probably the, the last point before we start getting into more of the tools, is growing in your understanding is through study takes, mm-hmm. takes time and it takes intentionality. Right. Because I can go right now if I wanted to. I could randomly say, hey, I want to go visit Paris, France. And I could Google Paris, France. And I could learn a lot about Paris, France from reading, right? I have a pretty good memory. I could learn a lot about the history and about the setting and the surroundings and the environment and the language and the culture, places to go and all that. And I could fly over there, jump into a cab, jump on my phone, put out Google Maps and hit all these highlights, right? Mm -hmm. And go to all these different places. And I could spend a week over there and then come back home. But guess what? I still really don't know Paris, France. Right. I have some knowledge of it. I've seen some stuff. I've had some experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll remember those experiences, but I really don't know Paris, France. And Paris, Paris is a finite thing. Mm-hmm. If I spent a, enough time there right. and enough energy there and invested enough uh, energy and time there, I could learn about as much as I could about Paris. And it's not God. Right. <laughs> so God is infinite. Is, is infinite. There's <laughs> no way we can know. But yet we want to think we can literally Google something about God, yeah. something about his character, his nature, and say, hey, read it for 15, 20 minutes. Say, hey, you know, I got that. Right, right. And it takes a lot more <laughs> diligence to study to properly interpret Scripture. The other aspect that I, that I run into a lot is uh, – I think people don't study the Bible because of intimidation. Yeah, they look at the Bible and they realize all of a sudden, if you, you it's not written chronologically. No, you don't start in Genesis and end in Revelation. Even though Genesis gives us a lot of you know in the beginning, it does teaching right, and Revelation tells us about the Lord coming back. But the books aren't laid out in sequential order, right? They're not chronological. Uh, there are different genres of books there written. Are. There are historical, there are poetry, there's gospels, there are and epistles, there's prophecy, and you got to understand the differences there. And some, they, for they some people that gets intimidating. It does, because they literally read those different uh, types of writing differently. Like you, you wouldn't, like whenever if you right. and I just in our natural, if we just read a mystery versus a, uh, a uh, historical narrative, those are two totally different mm-hmm. historical right. uh, uh, a graphical piece, we would read that completely different than we right. would in a something like a mystery. We'd be looking for clues and things if we were reading a mystery, trying to understand a little more. Where if it was biographical, we just would read it and just take it all in and enjoy right. what we're reading. Right. So there's there's a process that we have to become familiar with, in my opinion. And so yep. for me personally, 
the process I use and that I would encourage anyone who wants to be a true student of Scripture to follow. It's very simple. Um, is a three-step process. Uh, so for me, the first process is you've got to get the context of the passage. So whether you are, you know, picking up a, a book of the Bible, yep, and you want to start reading that book of the Bible, right? It's the Gospel of John. It's the Epistle of First Corinthians. It's you know the the historical book of Daniel. Whatever you choose, you open the scriptures. You come to a passage. You want to stay the passage. The first step is to understand the context of the passage in which you're reading. Now, here's what we do with the context. Here's where you get to ask the discovery questions. And this is a little more work than most people want to put in, but this is how you accurately read Scripture, right, and come to proper interpretations. Because that's another thing I I get every once (laughs) in a while. Someone will say, well, if I start reading the Bible, how do I know that I'm interpreting a passage correctly and not taking it? in running with it. Well, here's the process. Number one, get the context down. So ask these questions. Who? Who's writing this book? Yep. Who is the audience in this book? Right? Um, then ask the what question. What is this passage about? Is it dealing with a problem? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a promise to grab a hold of? Is there something happening? What's happening here? Mm-hmm. So you got to know the who and the what. You need to when you do the who, you need to say not only who wrote it and who was the audience, but where are they? Yep. Because each area is you know there's there's differences. Like you know, while we're recording this, I'm presently preaching through the book of Daniel. But he's in Babylon. He is. So we have to understand Babylonian culture, or we don't understand some of the nuances inside the book, right? So you got to know who's writing it, who's the audience, what's their culture, what are the issues that they are facing. You've got to get into the mind of that original audience. You got to ask when. When did this take place? Uh, what are the cultural aspects? And, and this is so huge for me. To keep a passage in context, you must understand what is cultural and what's not. Because sometimes we'll read a scripture and try to take something that's cultural and make it a doctrine. That's right. Culture and doctrine are not the same, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. you got to ask questions where. Where is all this leading? Where is it taking place? <clears throat> and what does the rest of scripture teach about this passage? Right, and so now you do some cross-referencing. That's scripture right. backs up scripture. It does to keep you from taking something out of context. Now that's just the first part, but it's so vital uh, to make sure you keep the passage in context. Know who wrote it. Know who the audience was. What was the culture? What were the issues? And then it leads you to ask the second piece of the question, and that is, what are the timeless principles? Yeah. So this is stage number two. Once you understand the original context, what are the timeless principles here? What is being taught here that is timeless? So here's the difference between uh, a principle or um, a preference, for say. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> principles are timeless. Principles never change. Culture changes. This is why you got to know the difference. Yep. Culture changes. Principles never do. 
What is the principle in this passage that's being taught? And sometimes there's preferences. You just mentioned preferences. There's preferences written in the Bible. Paul, yeah. Paul states this fact. He said, sure if it was does. up to me, he said, I would tell all the people that are, all the young men that are coming under me not to marry. But. Yeah. And, and he would say at times, I say this, not the Lord. Exactly how he referred to that. He said, this right. is a Paul, not of the Lord. And so, yeah, that it, per, Paul's personal preferences, and it, we find it right there in the book, which is amazing to me. Yeah, and, you know, of course, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, right? And when you read those epistles, it, watch for the cultural pieces when he's talking to the Corinthians it. versus when he's talking to Timothy or to Galatia. Right, yeah. that you can you can find cultural aspects. And to add that. to that, because I know sometimes it comes up um, when he talks about the cultural references and the importance of them. Like some people will ask periodically about there's there's certain lost gospels out there, like Thomas, like Philip, uh, even Enoch, and and they will ask me about them. And I, mm-hmm. and one of the elements that I tell them or explain to them why we know one of the one of the big signs that it's not an original writing, nor is it the reason why it's not included. Every one of them across the board, none of them have that cultural reference in them mm-hmm. at all. They have they don't mention like if you read any of the gospels, they mention uh, brooks and valleys and hillsides, and they mention like gates or or landmarks or seasons or holidays mm-hmm. or all these things. There's none of that yeah. in the in the Gnostic gospels, as they say. Yeah, yeah, you don't have the cultural relevance exactly, and then they're never backed up, cross referenced in other. Writings of New Testament. Those three steps. Yeah. And so, like, for example, you need, I think this is important for people to understand, all Scripture that we have in the canon of the Bible had to go through three levels to be accepted. It had to be written by an apostle or a prophet. It had to have been widely circulated within the first hundred or so years of the New Testament church, and they have more than 24,000 fragments they have found archaeologically of the writings that were being passed around from church house to to house church to house church, right? Uh, So we have a pretty good idea of what they were reading as Scripture. And third, it has to be referenced by either apostle, a prophet, or Jesus himself. And like the Gospels of Thomas, these Gnostic Gospels don't fit that criteria. At all. So first, first process that I use that I would encourage everyone to use is find the context. Yep. Secondly is look then for the timeless principle in that passage. What is the principle versus culture? The third aspect then is how do we apply the principle to our lives? Yeah. We don't apply the cultural aspects. We are to apply the principles. Uh, what do I do now with this truth? And of course... When you figure out, okay, here's a great truth that God is teaching me within context. Now we pray for the Holy Spirit to make it come alive inside of us because, again, it's the living word. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, exactly right. Nick. To add to that a little bit, uh, only other thing I would add to it is, is maybe a fourth thing is, well, you can find this in a couple ways. Either be in a Bible-believing teaching church, yep. which can help solidify all these things, all right? Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, have mentors in your life, probably on top of the church, have mm-hmm. mentors in your life, people that you can trust, people that are solid, mm-hmm. who have very good, a very good backing and a very big, uh, and a depth to the, about the Bible, and they can help keep you on the right path. Yeah, it helps keep you from swaying off without exactly. realizing it. At least they're, they're a voice right. or an extra helps voice Helps you out stay there. in context, make sure you're interpreting yep. it properly. You, We need the support 
of the spiritual family, right? Exactly. That's another another piece of this is is while we're doing that study, we go to scripture first. And let me say this: go to scripture before you go to a commentary. Because remember what a commentary is. A commentary yeah. is just someone's comments after they've done the very process that we just identified. They've tried to go back and find out what the original audience thought about this, what are the principles, and then how to apply the principles. For most commentaries, they're, they're working that process. But it's still their opinion. It's it is. still their comments. So don't go there first. Go to Scripture. Do the three processes before you go to a, a commentary. But now there are other resources. Yeah. That are helpful. Uh, I brought some of mine here. I love uh, books like this, like a, a Bible handbook. This is Wilmington's Bible handbook. Yep. It breaks down the history of every book in the scriptures and gives you a lot of culture and a lot of context. I love this little booklet right here. What a little booklet. All mine are thick. What? It's only two inches thick, so yep. it's little. It's a small one. Manners and customs, again, helps me understand some of the manners and the cultural aspects of a passage that I'm reading. These, these are books you can find at a bookstore, online. There's even online copies of this, online yeah. resources. Got to have a Bible dictionary. This yeah. one's the Holman's great, great yep. help. Holman's great. Right? And then Tyndale's handbooks of Bible charts and maps. And these are just some examples. There's others out there's there. There's tons of them. And I know you know a bunch of online resources. There is a, if you go online, you can use Blue Letter Bible is a great resource. It's great. We've, I think we've all been through it. It's free. Uh, and there are a, and they refer to a lot of these. They refer mm -hmm. to like uh, Naves, Topical. They refer mm -hmm. to most of the Strongs. They use Strongs as a reference. A great for the concordance. Words. Exactly. And so they use the concordances. And they also have a, uh, a, a, like just a plethora of lists of commentaries in there from people as, uh, as far back as Martin Luther and Matthew Henry to more modern scholars. Sure. And so they have the, the full gamut of people. And then you have like the Bible gateway, which would be another version of the same thing. It's where a lot of you guys use Bible gateway. I know. And not only is it good for just looking up verses, but it has those exact same elements in it as well as that the blue letter has. It has knaves. They had the strong concordances mm -hmm. and they have, uh, they have Matthew Henry and all mm -hmm. those guys. And, uh, and so, but we all know, and kind of what we've been talking about a lot, um, the tools matter, right? The tools, the tools matter. do matter. But if you do not have the proper study habits, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we know in, 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 here, in the last part of this, we know the Jews, they had a, a, a specific form of, 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 of studying. Sure they and, do. Uh, and it, I know you, it's something that's very close to your heart. And it, it revolves around that idea of repetition. It does. And 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 because I think a lot of us, and we were talking a little bit before this, and I didn't know if we were going to talk about it, but I'll briefly hit it. I think a lot of us uh, treat our relationships and our relationship with God in, in, through a series of, of revelations or experiences mm -hmm. with Him. We kind of mm -hmm. come to we come to know Him, so that's a big moment in our milestone, life. Milestone, sure. There are all these milestones, these high points. But nothing sustains us, and eventually, either we had this very dry, very non-active, very, uh, very powerless, and sometimes we just completely fall away. Because if you're leaning on those big moments, mm -hmm. you're going to run out. I mean, you're not going to have a life full of the miracles. Christian life's think, not think, living on the mountain. Well, think all about the, time. the Israelites. I mean, nobody experienced as many supernatural things as they did coming out of. Egypt out of yep. bondage. I mean, from the over miracle and over, again. over and over, over and over again, they experienced all these great things, but then literally within minutes they forgot. Yeah. So high points won't get you very far. No, it's just something's got to be there to sustain you. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I love is it's found in Deuteronomy. Yep. 
while they're coming out of this, God knew this. Yeah, he, he knew did. their heart. He knew they were going to not stay uh, true and yep. focused because you can't live on the emotion. So he gave them what's called the Shema. Right. Love it. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, God literally tells them a process, a ritual if you want to, uh, daily disciplines. He talks to them about how parents are to talk about God and the scriptures daily with their children, with their families, or to talk about it in their home when they rise up in the morning, when they lie down at night, when they eat at their meals, when they walk down the road. He's talking about just throughout life. He talks about having the phylacteries and and putting the scriptures on the doorposts of the house, meaning that that household is going to be reading and meditating and reciting scriptures together. These are processes. Think about this. Psalm 119. Yeah. David, who who wrote, writes Psalm 119, man after God's own heart, didn't always do things perfectly. No. And he understood, though. He understood this process. He said, I have hid the word of God in my heart that I may not sin against God. He would write in Psalm 119 that he would lie in his bed at night and meditate on the law of the Lord. Mm. And so... The, this Jewish practice of talking about scriptures, reciting scriptures, memorizing scriptures, meditating on scriptures, and just keeping the word of God in everyday normal conversations helped keep their focus on the word of the Lord. No, oh, man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, we hope and our prayer is that you took something away from from this, and we know there's so much more to it. The Bible is such an expansive. Yeah. We thing. need to tell them about U version too, because we oh, actually very, put Bible studies I'm, on U version. We do. We have. And actual, you can get some of ours on the U version app. So look at Pastor Chris go remembering something digitally. Dude. Wow, Digital. that's, that's impressive. Amazing. We'll put it in the chat line, as he says. <laughs> it's a joke, but uh, it's inside joke. We still don't know what a chat line is. So when he says it next time, you, let's call it comments. It's comments. So when he says chat line, no, he means comments. <laughs> And it's forgiving, giving, giving grace. He's from Kentucky. They didn't have the internet until like 2020. And so it's okay. But anyway, so we hope you took away something from today. There is so much more to this. There are so many uh, more study tools, and there's so much more to studying the Bible. And our prayer and our hope for you is that you live a life complete, a life on point. And we'll see you soon.